Hello there. Welcome to the Open Agenda podcast with me, Will Luca, and my co-host, Nat Schaefer. We are both journalism graduates from the University of Gloucestershire, deciding to come together and start a podcast. We aim to be conversational and topical, discussing the subjects we take great interest in, such as current affairs, politics, the media, and conversations about everyday life. We hope you enjoy the episodes we release. And don't forget to check us out on social media, at OpenAgendaPod on Twitter. Welcome to another episode of the Open Agenda podcast. Now, before I start, I've got to say thank you to Bex for coming on for our mini relaunch because this is what it is. It's This is a relaunch of Open Agenda because we sort of stopped a bit, but now we're coming back and we're coming back with more episodes than ever before. Now, I'm going to start off by introducing our guest, which is Lauren McGorn. So hello, Lauren. Hi. Hello. And I want to start, Lauren by saying a massive congratulations to Nat because he's just graduated. He had his graduation ceremony yesterday, so. Thanks, Will. After not having it last year because of COVID, this is sort of a graduation which was meant to happen last year, but obviously this year it's happened for you. So you must be really, really happy. Yeah, yeah, it kind of felt, I think we all felt that there was a lot building up to this because um, obviously that couldn't happen last November. We got them to push it forward to, it's going to be May this year. We're going to have it, but then they pushed it back again to this month. Um, and so it, it did feel like it was a long time coming. Um, but um, I, I think we were really happy to see each other again and to properly celebrate um, finishing our degree. It must have been a. It must have been strange not not having it at that time. Um. Yeah. I mean, because obviously like finished the degree like last year so it did feel like a lot of time had gone by but I think we would all agree that having a delayed celebration was preferable to having no celebration. Well con- a huge congratulations on offer Nat so well done um, well. for graduating with a journalism degree just like me as well um, so we're both journal grads now so um, I wish you every success in the future as well Nat so as um, whatever you do as well in your career. But let's get on to the substance of what we're here for tonight, is that Lauren is our guest for this podcast, so delighted to have you on, Lauren. We've got a range of things to talk to you about and ask, ask questions, but it's more to ask questions and a bit of discussion as well. So, Lauren, I suppose where to start is, is, is Impact Magazine and what you do there now. So, for those of our listen, who listen to our podcast and our listeners, just explain briefly what, what Impact Magazine is. Sure. So Impact is the University of Nottingham's official student magazine. And I started in my first year of uni, so in um, two years ago now. And I became news editor and now I'm head of news. And we have like two print issues um, every term and then we do online every week. So we have weekly meetings. Um, and yeah, it's really exciting. Like it's a way of sort of meeting other student journals. I'll let Nat come in with a question in a minute, but I just want to sort of say it's been going on since 1939, this magazine. It's 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 a very it's a very well-established magazine. So I suppose in your role as head of news and obviously the team you have as well, it, it, 
does it feel like a, a big big burden of responsibilities keep 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 going on for a magazine that's lasted so long I've actually looked into like who some of the alumni are and like Emma Barnett used to do it and Jess L got from the Guardian and I'm a bit like oh like I'm not really like that kind of standard um but yeah it's more fun though like I feel like there is the pressure for it to be professional but you're kind of just there with your friends and it's fun uh that's it's interesting because Will and I both have experience sort of editing leading our uni's student publication um which was I think purely an online publication when we did it um been quite interesting in the past um but it was called universal um so those listening you can check it out at uoguniversal.com um one thing that i i don't know about you will um but i certainly while i was sort of leading it i often found that there were some weeks when lots of stories were coming in and some weeks when barely any stories were coming in um, I don't know whether you have that as well, Lauren. Yeah. Um, sometimes I feel like you're just there in meetings and you're like, does anyone want to write anything? And they're just like, uh, especially like during deadline season. But I think to keep the momentum up, sort of the editors write some articles, just anything really. And then, that, yeah. Does it, does it sometimes, as a magazine, because obviously the work that you've done, I, I, obviously looking at it, it's all sorts of your sport, you've got lifestyle, you've got obviously news as you do. One of the things, as Nat mentioned with the Universal website at the University of Gloucestershire, which we both went to now, is that sometimes people did feel as if it, it took up too much of their time. Does that, I suppose it's, it's, it's something you have to balance with, with what you do at uni and what you do with the publication yeah um I there's like sort of a lack of understanding people think like oh I have to show up to every meeting oh I have to write like five articles a week or whatever like maybe I did that in my first year because I was a bit too keen but you really don't like you can write one article and just put it on your CV I think that's like so good that you have that flexibility but people don't really realize that one of the most important things Lauren that is that Impact Magazine has done was an investigation on women's safety um and this is obviously one of the main reasons i wanted to bring you onto the podcast because it's quite an important topic your investigation on women's safety on campus at nottingham has put into question spiking at nightclubs as well obviously the big topic of women's safety and it's a big issue because you know the the the, the, the horrific murder of sarah everard is obviously something that really has shocked everybody can I ask what's what's been the impact of the investigation? And obviously, you've spoken to people on campus. In terms of spiking, that's and obviously not spiking by drink. This is spiking by injection as well, which is a, something which is really really concerning. What's been the impact of your investigation, Lauren? Well, I think it's important to note that like the investigation is ongoing. Like we did this story for the BBC but it's very much like an ongoing thing so we have a survey that's got over like 800 responses we've done more like uh, individual interviews we've collabed the TV station the radio station um and I think the main thing is kind of like okay there's been some like major mistakes particularly in Nottingham regarding nightclubs and also what the uni could be doing but it's now like what sort of policies are going to put in 
to ensure it doesn't happen again and I think it's like women feeling that they're not alone that we like care about what's happening and also the fact that like it's mainly women in our investigations team who are actually telling these stories so a lot of us can like relate or if we can't directly relate we know of friends who've gone through this or like similar things and I think that's important because as much as like the national broadcasters or whoever will like write the stories about what's happening at the universities is actually like us that sort of know what's going on. Yeah um, and has that investigation like has it sort of filtered through to sort of authorities at the uni or to the student union um, and caused them to put in place any measures around that? Well for our investigation we've actually been working with the SU so like they're very aware of what's going on so we've been talking to the women's officer the human issues officer and they've actually been really good like having meetings with the police with local MPs I know like Lillian Greenwood and Nadia Whitton they're very much like on board with it so I think yeah they are like trying to cooperate but in terms of the uni like we sent them FOIs and their response has been oh it's like too much information it's gonna cost us too much so I don't know I'm kind of like mixed on how responsive they are do you feel do you feel frustrated about that Lauren like because I know FOIs are like they you hear it so many times in in news about how difficult freedom of information is frustrating but also I read that Nottinghamshire Police have received like 44 spiking reports in the space of a week, I think, or something like that, back in September. But it can still it still goes on a long time. But I suppose the one point we must make and one question I've got to ask you is this all comes around to women's safety and how important it is. I want to ask, is it a tiresome question to ask what what can we do? because it's that that's the thing that's been talked about quite a lot is it's not about what women should do it's about what men should do but I'm I, I don't know what how to phrase the question I don't know whether it's is it tiresome to keep asking what what we can all do and it should be focused on men do you understand what, I'm, I'm, what that question sort of I'm trying to say out of that sort of I think it's like really difficult because there's no like quick solution just do one thing and then that's going to solve it because it's not like even some of the suggestions have been like oh safe space in a nightclub like it's a whole like behavior thing um which is like difficult because you can't just like change cultural behaviors that have been there for like hundreds of years like I'm studying a feminism module which is interesting because it tells you a lot about like feminism women's rights like women's struggles but then you just get more and more frustrated because you're like oh like there's literally nothing you can really do but I think um it was on the news like the other day um in Nottingham the women's aid charity are running like these behavior classes um with men about like how they should sort of respond to women and different behaviors I think that's something that's like really helpful one point we should make for our listeners is that story that Impact Magazine ran actually made it on to um, BBC East Midlands, was it? Uh, BBC Politics East Midlands, yeah. Yeah, so they, they did a little sort of piece um, based around your investigation, um, Lauren. So how, how was that to the, um, the experience of broadcasting on the beep? 
Um, it's not the first time that I've done it. So I've done a report for BBC Politics North like in March, but that was like during lockdown. So this was like the first time actually doing it in person. Um, and like broadcasting is something I want to go into. So it's really interesting, like learning the whole filming process, like scripting, how it all works. Um, and like as much as I was very passionate about the story in there for that, like it was also good for my CV and you sort of get paid for the VT. Um, so yeah, it was like really interesting experience. Was it daunting? 100%, yeah. Um, especially because like my interviews were so sort of sensitive. Like I had to build up trust with these sources because they've been through like really traumatic experiences and a lot um, you sort of have to like blow their faces or give them a different name. Um, so I think that was like the most scary part. Like I didn't want anyone to like feel upset or like the VT reflected badly on them. So I, I was more like sort of feeling for them rather than like caring about sort of what I was doing. Obviously a part of that the TV package was the girls night in thing, which I think only just started recently, but it's, it's sort of intertwined with the investigation you did. So that must be a positive thing. It's raising more awareness. That's because it gets it in the, in the public eye. I think so. Yeah. I mean, their social media like totally blew up. Like I contacted them and they have like less than a thousand followers, and then it went to like ten k or something ridiculous. So I think it was definitely like a good thing um, that there was more awareness. And I think it, like pretty much all uni sort of had their own girls' mining campaign. The only thing was some people were saying there was some like issues with it and the fact it like wasn't totally inclusive um particularly people from like minority sort of groups um because I think it was sort of like white girl dominated but I think overall like their aims were really important. What are, going back to impact for a minute um do you guys have any other sort of investigations or stories like that in the pipeline? Um, at the moment, we are still working on the female safety campaign because um, the aim with that is release the story like January and then have more follow up. So we basically want to keep pushing articles until the uni's like, OK, we actually need to do something. We actually need to respond. We can't sort of hide from this. Um, but before then, we had an investigation on sort of relations between students and local residents about noise complaints, because that was a big thing during COVID and lockdown. And a lot of like uh, Nottingham residents aren't particularly big fans of um, students because they go um, clubbing and house parties and that sort of thing. But I think it's about sort of trying to like re-engage with the community. It's really important to us that they get a better perception of students like most of us aren't like that at all and we want to like have good relations with the community i don't know i don't know about the, the, the what the public think of university students i mean <laughs> i don't know about you now but i was never really a clubber or a, or a night nightclub sort of person i was more of a pub person lauren but <laughs> that's 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 <laughs> it i suppose it, perceptions that's that's the thing which that you're, you're is, is that something you're, you're keen to change is that something that impact could could really really have a go at maybe and I think it's a whole like student culture issue that like a lot of the societies they push drinking socials and it's like lads 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 kind of thing 
um but at impact like a lot of us don't drink and we're trying to like make it a lot more inclusive so just like chilled events i think is nice and now i suppose that one thing we've got to ask lauren is is empowered journos now yeah um do you want to just sort of um run over lauren just for our listeners sort of what empowered journalism is and sort of what your role within it was sure so we set up in like may 2020 i think um during like a news associates workshop with Kay Burley so it's like during lockdown I was just like bored so I was like oh just watch um journalism workshop it's really interesting and then it was about sort of empowering women in journalism there was like two workshops that day and then we were like on the group chat oh like let's have each other on Twitter and like we did that and then it was like oh we have so much time on our hands because it's like lockdown so why don't we like make a like sort of platform uh somebody on our team knew how to like, make a website she was like a web developer so we were like okay well you know we can write articles we can like learn how to edit like I'd only just started as a news editor at that point so I wasn't like particularly skilled but it was more just sort of like we have this time so let's like upskill from each other and like learn different things um so from then we kind of got a bit more of a structure we decided to like have editors and then like I became editor-in-chief along with my friend Amy who went to Warwick Uni um and it was all about sort of when it still is about like empowering women in the industry any age but kind of they're starting to get into journalism um or if they've been like in a different career and they want to move over to journalism and we felt that like there wasn't really space for that before like obviously there's women in journalism the charity that are like incredible but it's not really a publication to get those first bylines and like there's always sort of a discourse on twitter like oh don't write for like voluntary publications like pitch places when you don't know how to pitch and you don't really know what's going on felt that like that was something we wanted to do and like help people so then we started doing workshops for like pretty cool journalists like we had like Laura Koonsberg and us people um we were like okay so this isn't just like us writing articles and making videos it's a whole like thing about supporting each other Mm, yeah I I believe you had um people like Hugh Edwards um and Jackie Long at Channel 4 you had them on the talks as well um how is it sort of getting them um getting them involved and, and having them speak a lot of these journalists you kind of like admire on the tv and then they're just like on zoom and you're like oh like you have like a perception of them that they're like really unapproachable or really like professional but they're actually just like really nice like they're just like any or like basically your friend um the only annoying thing is like actually trying to like arrange the workshops like you will email these people constantly and then it's like oh like we'll put a date in the diary or like whatever and you have to ring them but I think don't just like if you've emailed them once, don't just like um, ignore it. Like keep following up. Like for our Emily made this workshop, I think we emailed her like seven times, and then she was just like, okay, fine. So yeah, just keep doing it. So the email of persuasion, or <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but also like once you have one kind of big name, you just name drop into the email. So you're like, oh, we have like Hugh Edwards on the talk, so therefore you should come on. Mm. I imagine they're all quite busy people and so like you've got to be quite persistent with them if you want to get them on 
don't even have like PAs you have to go through. So it's quite a long process. In terms of Empower Journos, Lauren, uh, I suppose that it's, it's experience, really good, valuable experience to network as well, because that's the most important thing that a journalist needs. And obviously, we're all trying to get into the industry, aren't we? Whether that's broadcasting, newspapers, probably, I'd also extend that to probably uh, press relations as well. That would be important. But why journalism? It's a question I ask most of the guests we have on, or that we're, or we're planning to have on, but the guests we had previously before we've reformatted this podcast, I've always asked fellow journalists or fellow aspiring journalists, why? Why journalism? So that's the question for you, Lauren. Why journalism? God, I feel on the spot now. Um, I guess it's just like, I just love telling stories and like, particularly stories about like students that like aren't really being told or in every example with the women's safety like having your own perspective on a story is just really exciting and I feel like broadcast especially it's just like you just kind of get like a thrill from it like I couldn't really just be in a job where you just sat there all day in an office like journalism is just exciting because it's constantly like changing you never like working on one story it's always like oh what we're gonna do next and like I like that because there's just so much variety so what is it Lauren that motivates you um whether that's like as a as a journalist as as you're in your role at um an impact or whatever I think it's like just always thinking about like what is the end goal like what why am I actually like doing this because like Sometimes you just think like, especially like if you're sending pictures or whatever, like, oh, it's another rejection. Like, why do I even bother? But then like thinking about like, oh, this is the end goal. Like, I really want to work here or like, I really want to be like this journalist. I think that's like what's really cool. Um, I did like work experience at Channel 4 last year and I was like, oh my God, I really want to work here so um but also the fact I was like in the newsroom I was like okay I didn't think this was like possible before but like I'm here now so I could be here again kind of thing so just like always having that goal in mind who inspires you Lauren from the journalism world um <laughs> I feel like most people on Twitter already know this from like what I tweet but I love um Laura Gunsberg and Emily Maylis they're like my two favorite journalists um but like journalists um my age there's like some really cool ones um like I don't know if you guys know Zesha Salim she's one of my friends but she's like a medic in her second year and she's already like writing for the Guardian the Metro and everything and I'm like how do you do this it's actually insane so like even just people my own age super inspiring in fact, I was going to expand on why why Laura Coonsberg is one of your is idols the right word <laughs> is, is idols the right word? Um, I just think she's like, well, I won't lie, I'm actually kind of quite an introvert. Um, but I think she's so like ballsy, like she'll go for any politician and she just has the confidence to like do anything and that's like the confidence that I'm trying to like force myself to have um and also just like the amount of 
hate and harassment she gets I think is disgusting and I think the fact like she doesn't really let it affect her I think that's like really admirable because abuse towards journalists is like a really big thing at the moment. So now I suppose one question you could ask Lauren in terms of we've asked them before is what you talked you talked about um Zisha I think that, that Lauren um I, I do follow Zisha on Twitter I think um I have read some of the pieces that she, she has written I suppose Nat one point we can ask Lauren is well you can ask her now is is freelancing mm, yeah so um how did you find the the process of like um contacting editors and pitching them and and then writing something for them uh it's really scary like because with freelance journalism you're not like in a newsroom you don't really have people there to help you're just kind of like sending emails into the void and like hoping people will reply um but I think the good thing is like journey Twitter and things you like go into group chats you find other people who are like freelancing so you can get them to check your pictures get advice and like I've been on so many like workshops about like pitching and freelancing and stuff which really helps um but I think it's also like finding nice editors who will like give you your first bylines and stuff. I pitched to like the Metro and like James Besenvale, who's one of the editors there, was like so nice. And even though he had to like really edit my piece, he was like really supportive of the whole thing. But I think it's kind of like hot luck of like finding the right editor. If you could offer our listeners who are aspiring journalists, because we, we try and make this podcast with, with the topics on journalism, for, for that audience what would be your two best tips for, for freelancing i'd say this is more for broadcast but like find the right person to go to um because a lot of people think like oh correspondents like they're really cool i'll message them but that's not what you want to do you want to like build up relationships with like producers and editors because ultimately they're the ones who like make the decisions so for like my BBC piece, I had spoken to Rob Pittam, who's like the editor for like months, not just even about the story, just about like trying to get work experience and like maybe shadowing them just filming or basically just like do what you can to just like build up relationships with them so they know you. And then if you do have a story or they're looking for a story, they'll just come to you. And then it's easier than just like pitching out of the blue kind of thing. Um and I'd say, like, my second tip would be, like, don't, like, get disheartened um, because, like, I pitch, like, The Times or Rather and you not hear anything. Or, like, The Guardian, I've never heard anything. Or you'd get, like, a reply which would just say, like, no. Or it, would, it wouldn't have, like, any explanation. You'd be like, God, they hate me. But it's not like that. You have to, like, think from their perspective. Like, they probably have, like, hundreds if not thousands of emails and like the fact that they've even said no like this is what somebody said to me the other day like the fact they've even said no is like so good because they're like acknowledging your email and they've seen the subject header I know it sounds bad but it's actually good you're getting somewhere and those responses like they'll eventually remember who you are and then they might think oh I'll give this kid a go now like I've seen like 10 emails from them so this is the final question 
Lauren for the for the podcast. You've been a brilliant guest. Is broadcast journalism your your thing? I'd say it is. Um, I'm still like working on the fact I'm introverted, and like obviously my background is more in print. But like I just love broadcast journalism. It's what I want to do. I've applied for like broadcast journalism MAs at City and Cardiff, and if not, I'm like looking for like broadcast of like traineeships. Um, so yeah, it's like what I want to do. Well, when I was at uni, Nat, it was the, 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 television was okay. I don't know about you, Nat, but radio. I was always in that radio studio at, at university. Mm. On, on yeah, I, I, yeah, I think I'd just say like I enjoyed radio a lot more than TV. <laughs> uh, I do shoot radio as well. Like I just like kind of everything, you know. Like multimedia is like so exciting. Student radio is the best because obviously tone tone radio at University of Gloucester was brilliant. At that so mm. yeah, uh, it's really good if your course or your department can sort of give you like a really broad um view of um media like so like covering like print and radio and tv and online and all that mm. well, that's that the best thing about it that was the best thing about the journalism degrees you got all three forms of the main things you can do broadcast and print obviously magazines as well because magazine is, is print and obviously online as well online journalism like trying it all out and so, seeing what you like and what you don't yeah, you try it all out, and that's that's the most important thing. That's always what the lecturers had in us: is you have a go at all of it, mm. and then eventually yeah. you find your specialism and your your skills. And that's the most important thing. So, thank you, Lauren, for joining us, and we'll be back with another episode of Open Agenda very very soon.